Bonnie is our associate pastor to seniors here at Chalmers, and so many of you have visits with her, and, and she is a, a great part of the pastoral team. She also does a lot of other pulpit supply at other churches, which is fantastic because she just brings the gospel wherever she comes. And so thank you, Bonnie, for, for sharing with us today, and we just trust and are expectant of what God is going to say through you. Let us pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place this morning. We want you to be here. We want our hearts full of you. We want our minds full of you. We want our whole beings full of you. And Satan, I come against you in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. We don't want you. I am going to be saying nasty things about you this morning, so you want to leave. Thank you. Thank you, God, for being here. Amen. Okay. Cranky. It is good to be here at Chalmers. I haven't been here for three weeks. One of them was the ice storm, but I wouldn't have been here that week either. And uh, all I can say is, Cranky, I miss you guys and I'm not here. And I won't be here for the next three weeks. God has me busy. He has me busy preaching at other churches. And I do love that. I enjoy it. And I praise him and thank you for that. And I thank Brian for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning to you folks. And all I can say is cranky, do up your seatbelts. Who said cranky all the time? I got to read our scripture in a minute, but I want to t see if you know who, who said that. Cranky! Nobody knows. Nobody remembers the crocodile hunter. Jeez, I thought one of you at least would know that. Our scriptures this morning are Mark 1, 9 to 15. It's our first one. The baptism and temptation of Jesus. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn apart and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once the Spirit sent him out into the desert, and he was in the desert forty days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attending him. And our second is from Psalm 9. Psalm 9, 91. 9 to 16. Psalm 91, 9 to 16. And if you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation." The word of God. Praise be to God. Now, I love to watch the animal stories on TV. There's lots of good ones, right, Barb? And there's lots of animal things coming to Facebook, and I love them. And 
Barb and I exchange a lot of animal stuff because we love the animals. And I do like animals. And I like most animals. Most. I used to like to watch Crocodile Dundee, the hunter, that crazy Australian, Australian guy, Steve Irwin. To him, wrestling an alligator or handling the world's most poisonous spider was an everyday thing. I think he must have had some strange power over animals. The animals seemed to just relax and leave him alone when he said, Crikey! It was sad when he got killed by a stingray in 2006, but seriously, that guy faced imminent death every day around all his animals and in his zoo and on his television show. It's a wonder he lived as long as he did being around deadly animals every day. Poisonous snakes, poisonous spiders. I assure you, the crocodile hunter was about 300 times braver than I am. Especially when it comes to spiders and bats and worse, snakes. I hate snakes. I hate them. I can't even say I'm not supposed to hate, but I'm sorry, I hate snakes. And you know, I don't like bats. Jim will be the first one to tell you how absolutely ridiculous I act if there's a bat in the house. And I see it, another one back there, and I run and get, I screech and scream at the top of my lungs and I get under a blanket hollering, Jim, save me! And of course, Jim saves me. He comes and he gets the bat. I don't know what I would do if he wasn't there. I would probably die of a heart attack or something. <sighs> I mean, they seem to dive at you, don't they? They seem to, they probably aren't, but they seem to dive at you, those darn bats. And then when it comes to snakes, well, I mean, even the thought of it makes my heart just go boomy, 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 boomy. But anyways, when I owned the Riverview home, the retirement home in Teeswater, we had a nice sunny front step. And every once in a while, I would open the door and there would be this happy big old brown snake or a garter snake sunning itself, the nerve, on my step. And of course, I would screech and it would slither away. Well, one day, I walked out into the front hallway, a snake! Ah! You know, and this is exactly how I act, screaming and yelling and hollering. You'd think, I don't know what you'd think. The residents had the best entertainment that day they'd had forever, and I'm sure many good laughs as I jumped and screamed and hollered. And... Uh, so Jim wasn't there that day to save me from the snake, this monstrous snake. And so I ran and I got the dustpan and the broom and I got this big monster on the dustpan and I dragged it outside and I threw it on the lawn never again to be seen. Now, it wasn't a 20 or 30 foot snake like, like the crocodile hunter, but, but I swear that snake was... <laughs> at least four inches long at least 
And it's the same with a bee, and you're probably the same. Bee comes after you, hollering, screaming, and yelling, and running, and people laugh at you. But what gets me is that this crocodile hunter would go out and film wild animals up so close, no gun, not even a, not even a blow dart. And uh, I'm sorry, you won't catch me wrestling crocodiles. And I will, I will, I will leave that to the folks in Australia. Being in, in the wilderness with the animals stalking me is not my idea of a good way to spend Saturday morning. I'm sorry, I just, it's not my thing. Give me a puppy or a... Oh, I'm going to get off track just a sec here. I went into the Geddes' yesterday. And you know what? Do you know what was in there? Do you know what they had? A baby kangaroo! Oh my gosh, it was so cute. I'm way off my sermon, but anyway. <laughs> Oh, it was so cute. And then there's five little puppies in the bathtub. When you, you need to go to the Geddes because you never know what you'll find there. It's so exciting there. The kind of animals I really, really like. So, you're probably wondering what all this talk about the Great Doors is all about. In Mark's version of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness that we read this morning, we're told that Jesus was out in the wilderness for 40 days where he was tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild beasts. Not only is Jesus being tracked and hunted by Satan, he's also in danger from the wild animals. In the words of the late Steve Irwin, Crakey, Crakey. Poor Jesus. All the different temptation stories in the Gospels have, few, have a few variations, but our Gospel lesson from Mark this morning is remarkably different from those of Matthew and Luke. We're more familiar with theirs. In them, Satan speaks and gives Jesus a series of three tests. And, and you've heard these. Uh, he, he puts, you know, just a series. But in Mark's version, we are simply told Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days amidst the wild beasts. Satan was tempting him. And in this version, he wasn't fasting. The angels were bringing him food. Maybe he was fasting, but, you know, just enough, whatever. But uh, in the other Gospels, Jesus is in the wilderness, fasting, but the emphasis is on Satan. In Mark, though, the emphasis is on Jesus' surroundings of the wilderness with all those ravenous wild animals, even that dove that descends on Jesus after his baptism in the Jordan. It's a little more beastly than usual. We are told that the Spirit drove Jesus out in the wilderness. Even that gentle dove seems a little more beastly, almost picking Jesus up with his talons and if doves have talons, I don't think they do, but anyways, and throwing them into the wilderness. So what is Mark trying to tell us about our story this, as we look at it this Sunday morning? Mark tells us about the wild animals being around Jesus because they serve as a figure of the demonic. They add a second level of dangers to the temptation story. Now, I think... Mark doesn't tell us how Satan tempts Jesus. He's, there's no taking Jesus up on the high mountain and saying, you can have all this kingdom if you do what I tell you. And there's no Jesus on top of the temple. All that we're told in Mark is that Satan tempted Jesus. And that's enough. 
I almost like this version better because temptation seldom comes to you and me in such a decisive way. A guy with horns and a red suit doesn't show up on your doorstep and announce who he is and that he is here to tempt us. Doesn't happen. Rather, temptation or Satan comes to us in very subtle ways. More often than not, we are confronted by temptation to think that we can find security in our bank accounts, our jobs, our family, etc. Satan does not come to us in scary beast-like forms or wild things that go bump in the night. More often than not, temptation comes in the form of things that look good. Satan came to Eve as the serpent, as the snake. So I know why I hate, hate him. He was a snake. He's still a snake. Beware of him. Beware of him. He's sneaky. Comes to us in the form of things that look good on the surface, like success, wealth, power, prestige, luxury, parties, drugs, alcohol. All the fun things that tempt our, often adults, but often tempt our kids. It comes to us by suggesting that we can do and handle everything by ourselves. It usually comes to us in the same way it came to Jesus. When he was alone out in the wilderness, we need not journey to the outback of Australia to find ourselves in the wilderness and vulnerable to the wild beasts of temptation. The key to overcoming temptation is to recognize it as temptation since it disguises itself so well in our lives and even in our souls. Gregory the Great, one of the church fathers who lived not long after Mark, says that temptation has three stages. Suggestion, delight, and consent. Now, if we can cut it off at suggestion or delight stage, it's much easier to avoid consent. There's no way to get temptation really to go away. It will always be there. It has been a part of our lives since the beginning of time. And as long as we have free will, temptation will continue as part of our lives. There will always be Satan and his temptations, but there will always be Jesus and his presence in our lives and our love for us. And we have free choice who we're going to choose. I was always astonished when I watched those episodes of The Crocodile Hunter. What amazed me is that he could even find those exotic and often deadly animals. He seemed to have no trouble finding them. Of course, when the snake is 40 feet long and this big around, you can hardly miss it. But he just had no trouble at all. And it was like he had a strange power over them. He could get up close to them, he could touch them, but he eventually fell prey to them. Now Jesus, also had some strange power over the wild beasts. 
like some biblical version of the crocodile hunter, Jesus was able to be right there in the midst of those wild animals of the wilderness and wild animals of the soul and to overcome them. And just as Jesus was present with the wild beasts in the wilderness during his temptation story, so he is present with us in the wilderness of our temptation stories. And we all have temptations. It might be helpful next time you come into temptation to put on your best Australian accent and recognize that wild beast with your best crakey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word this morning. We are so glad you are with us in our temptations. We are so glad that someone brought you into our lives and that we can walk with you and that we belong to this beautiful family at Chalmers who love one another and hold each other up. Father, we help each other to avoid temptation. We just, um, you know, your animals are beautiful, God. They're beautiful and they're special. They give us joy. Many of them love us unconditionally, almost like you. But Lord, no love compares to yours. And so we just thank you for it. And we thank you for walking with us. We thank you for protecting us. And we come against Satan in the name of Jesus. Amen.